Last week, we looked at the problem of selfishness and how some people, they want to just live life for themselves only. They want to be the king of their life. They want to be the God of their life. Why do we have this problem? This problem is due to pride, which is at the root of all sin. We have this sinful nature due to the fall in the garden with Adam and Eve. We have this sinful nature. Therefore, we have this sin problem. And so remember that we live from last week. Remember that we live for who? Who do we live for? Jesus Christ. To live is Christ. To die is gain. And this week as we continue on in our study of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, a.k.a. the Philippians, we're going to see an internal struggle of the top two desires that we as followers of Christ should have. People have the struggle of these things. And these things are they want life to be about themselves. But this week we will look at a dangerous mindset, which is they do not care about life called apathy, which is dangerous to both the believer and the unbeliever. Suicide rates are, they're at the point where in the U.S. alone, every day there is 132 suicides. These people, sadly, they get to the point where there is no hope. They don't care to live. What's the point? I'm just going to die anyways. Might as well die now. This is why as a church, We need to have such an urgency to share the hope we have with the hopeless. Even Christians have apathy? Absolutely. I think most of us here this morning would say that we believe that Christ died for us and he's our savior. But that's it. Now all we do is just wait around and do nothing, right? Wrong. This life has no meaning, so I'm just going to wait for Jesus. Wrong. That is apathy and selfishness with your faith. Jesus commands us to deny ourselves and follow him, to die to yourself. We are to believe in the gospel, the good news of Christ, but Jesus also calls us to repentance. So in your life, is there an urgency to flee from sin, to live for Christ? To be sanctified. To hunger for his word. If not, there needs to be. Because God is a holy God and therefore we are commanded to be holy as he is holy. Stated in 1 Peter 1.16. When you trust in the gospel, Christ alone is your savior from sin, which is correct. But he is also to be the Lord of your life. We have been given uh, by Christ an example of how we are to live. Love God, love people, and the mission of making disciples, planting seeds. If we live in apathy and we don't care about this life, we just want to die, then we're nothing more than just spiritual gluttons. And instead of letting the lamp be displayed on a lampstand and letting the light shine, you know, the shine Jesus shine... We cover it up with a bowl when we are selfish with our faith. And that was reference to Jesus' parable in 
The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 21 to 22, where Christ stated, And he said to them, to his disciples, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Are we spiritual gluttons, or do we care about pouring into other people's cups and living out our faith radically every single day. There is this danger of not caring about this life, and then there is a danger of not caring about eternal life. We do not care about eternal life to the point where we are so afraid to die. We'll do anything to stay alive. We don't care about salvation. We don't trust that Christ is in control. So my question to you is, if you're so afraid to die, do you trust that Jesus is your Savior and you're in the palm of his hand? He is sovereign and in control. When your time is up, he will bring you home. We can trust in that. Last week, we looked at the passage, to live is Christ and to die is what? God is sovereign and almighty. And when your time is up, once again, when your time is up for the race to be finished, you can trust that it is ordained by God. He will bring you home and you will never, ever leave the presence of Jesus Christ. We are in the presence of Jesus Christ right now. We have God with us right now with the Holy Spirit. And when we die, we will be with him in paradise forever. So how do we fight this problem of apathy? This morning, if you'll please open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, verse 22. I'll give you some time to flip there. I'll give you some background information. The problems that we've seen as apathy, selfish ambition, as well as later on, we'll see some division caused by a couple women in the church. Philippi became part of the Roman province of Macedonia. The city existed in relative obscurity for the next two centuries until one of the most famous events in Roman history brought it recognition and expansion. So Philippi was, it became a Roman colony and many veterans of the Roman army settled there. And so their identity was in the fact, I'm now a citizen of Rome. That was all they cared about. As well as we we have seen that the church, or not the church, but the city of Philippi as well was, was popular due to that highway which brought in a lot of business. And Paul wrote this letter to the church in Philippi around 61 to 62 AD. Now let's read our passage. We're going to start in verses 22 down to 26. Paul stated to the church in Philippi, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ where that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all. For your progress and joy in the faith. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So in verses 22 to 23, we see that Paul is stuck between two walls. 
There's this tension. He's hard pressed. And he's he's grinding. He's waiting on the Lord to show him where to go. And this goes back to verse 18. Paul rejoices no matter what, no matter his circumstances, if the gospel is proclaimed. Paul said, I will rejoice. Paul wrote about his joy throughout this entire letter to the church in Philippi. Paul had joy no matter what was going on, good or bad. Why did Paul have joy? It was due to the hope from the gospel. Due to the hope from the gospel. We are sinners saved by grace due to the blood of Jesus who paid for our sins. Forgiveness we do not deserve. So God put on flesh and he sent Christ Jesus who was fully a man. As we saw in his life that he faced temptations. And he struggled with the fact that, oh man, I'm going to be crucified. And he even stated to to God the Father when he was praying, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, as stated in Luke 22, 42. Yet Christ said, let your will be done. What a selfish example of humility. I don't know about you, but that would be very, very, very difficult. So Christ was fully man. Yet, he was fully God. And he displayed that power with healings, miracles, and most importantly for us, which gives us great joy, he conquered death due to the resurrection. And due to that love that was poured out for us on the cross, do you desire to be with Christ? Do you desire to spend time with Christ right now? Are you savoring this time of hearing the word of God? Do you have joy due to the saving grace, love and truth found in the gospel and throughout all the scriptures, throughout all of the word of God, Old Testament and new? Paul wanted to be with Christ. And so should we. For he is our creator. He is our refuge. He is our shield. He is our rock. He is our Savior, but He's also to be our Lord. And so He told the church in Philippi, Paul stated, Don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. Nothing else mattered to Paul except for the gospel to be proclaimed. No matter if he was slandered, no matter if his circumstances were good or bad, even if death was knocking at his door, he cared about the gospel being proclaimed. We, like Paul, should learn from his example of what we should truly desire. Top two desires of a Christian. That's what this is titled. Number one and number two. To be with Christ and to bring thy kingdom come. John MacArthur stated this question. In the flesh or in the spirit? One of holiness or one in sin? The flesh in scripture usually means that someone, you know, they're living in their flesh, they're living in their sin, but it can also mean that you're simply being a human, you're in your flesh. We are living in the physical world, but our souls are in a battle, 
every day versus sinful nature and spiritual warfare. If we are in a battle, do we have the weapons to fight back? Do we know what we're fighting against, first off? Do we know, you can't know that you're in a fight if you don't know who your enemy is. Who's your enemy? Satan, demons, they want you to die. They want you to flee from the faith. And so what weapons do we have to fight back? The sword of the Spirit. Jesus left us an amazing example. The Son of God, who is fully God, fully man, He left us an, an amazing example of how we are to combat sin when we're tempted, when we're tempted by Christ. What did Jesus do? He used scriptures. The Son of God used scriptures to protect himself from giving in to temptation. We should learn from this example and have the Bible, have the Word of God so ingrained into our hearts, so ingrained into our minds, so ingrained into our souls, so that we can use that sword of the Spirit when temptation comes, so that we can flee from sin and that we can be sanctified by the knowledge of God and the Holy Spirit. We need to have an urgency to repent. Paul stated, if he is to stay alive right now in this physical world, this will mean fruitful labor. It almost comes across as arrogant, don't you think? Almost like, oh yeah, if I stay, I know that things are going to be good. Yeah, I, when I first read that, I was like, is Paul being arrogant here? What is this about? When in reality, Paul was confident. We can be too. Paul was confident that Christ would change hearts. The gospel changes hearts. And so Paul lived all for Christ. Paul considered it a privilege of work which would bear fruit. Therefore, it should be a privilege for us to bring thy kingdom come by planting seeds of the gospel to all people, having compassion on all people, no matter their skin color, their financial status, no matter who they are in Harrington, they have a bad reputation, winning people to Christ by the gospel. That is Paul's desire if he stays in this life, and it should be our desire too for the rest of our days. Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit comes from the Holy Spirit. And if you do not bear fruits of righteousness, then is Jesus Christ really the Lord of your life? I also want to state that alongside our desire of being holy, once again, we have grace. None of us are perfect. I'm not perfect. We have forgiveness we do not deserve due to how holy and without sin our God is and how much love that he has for us that we have that grace through the gospel. Through Jesus Christ. And so Paul was torn between two, that's four, two desires. Number one, he wants to bear fruit for the Lord's glory. He wants thy kingdom come. He wants to proclaim the gospel and plant seed. Or option two, it is, is it better to be glorifying God by departing to be with him in paradise or to be present in this life to glorify him? For the rest until the end of the race. We have the problem of 
I don't care about this life and I will not live with an urgency to be missional or to seek holiness. I'll just wait on Jesus and be lukewarm. Or the other problem, which is most people, they simply don't want to be with Christ. They fear death because they care more about their life, family, friends, possessions, maybe innocent things. But I want to remind you, if you take out Christ and you try to replace him, to live is nothing but temporary things, which means that death is nothing but lost. But not so for the Christian. Amen. If we truly repent and we are truly born again, we need to be asking the Holy Spirit that we are putting on the new self. That our desires are changing, that we want more of Christ every single day until the end of the race. We should be living for Christ. No longer apathy. We have purpose No longer temporary purpose, but eternal purpose. We do not live in vain. Therefore, to live is Christ. To die is gain. No longer loss. Gain. We shall not fear because we will never, ever, ever not be in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is with you every step of the way, no matter how good or how bad your circumstances are. Christ is with you. And if you don't, and if you feel like, I just don't feel God, I don't feel God, I don't hear God, go read the scriptures of what He's done for you. Put yourself back at Calvary and remember the blood that was spilled that should have been your blood. Paul Washer, who is a pastor that is extremely biblical, and I've learned a lot from him. If you want to be convicted, listen to some of his sermons. He stated, people want heaven. They want the gift. They want salvation. They want to get there. They want to get to heaven. The problem is they just don't want Jesus Christ to be there. Paul's dilemma to be with Christ or to be with the children of the church. Paul didn't know what to do. Last week we looked at deliverance. Whether it be temporary deliverance from temporary circumstances. Or eternal deliverance. Which is to depart from this life and be with Christ for eternity. Verse 23 if you want to read there. Paul is hard pressed. He's hard pressed. He is torn in two. Paul did have the desire, like many of us, I would hope, to depart and be with our Creator, with our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. Yet he was so committed to the loving of the church of Christ. What a man, is what John MacArthur said. What a godly man. And so this friction that Paul is having should be in in each and every one of us. To long for Christ and be with him, but also to love his church for the rest of our days and be missional to let God use us, to let God use us to bring my kingdom come. And if you think, oh, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, I'm broken, I'm a sinner, I'm not good enough to do those things. In scripture, how many times has God used broken people to advance his kingdom Moses, Joshua, David, Paul, for example. 
Paul was out murdering Christians, yet he wrote a majority of the New Testament. He can use you to bring thy kingdom come. You just have to surrender to letting him use you. Letting the Holy Spirit work in you to proclaim the gospel. These two desires, to depart to be with Christ and to bring thy kingdom come, should be our top two desires till the end of the race, being the end of our lives. Some only long too much for one or too much to other. Some only long too much to be in heaven where this life has no meaning. And others think that only this life matters so they don't trust that that Christ really is their Savior and Lord of their life. The word depart used in 2 Timothy, which is Paul's letter to Timothy, 4 verse 6 states, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. This is Paul talking. And the time of my departure has come. Paul was coming to the close, to the end of the race, and he was ready to depart to be with Christ. And that absent in the body is to be home with the Lord. We shall not fear. 1 Corinthians 5.3, Paul states, For though absent in the body, I am present in spirit. And as if present, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. His desire isn't mainly to depart, but instead he wants to be with Christ. He just wanted to be with Christ. Not just be immortal, not just have this salvation gift. He wanted the giver of the gift. He wanted Christ. Let us be like Paul to desire to be with the giver, but also to live right now for the giver. And to spread the gift, which is the gospel. And you will never, ever, ever leave the presence of our eternal God. I hope this causes some joy in your hearts because it did mine. When I read this, it gave me quite a lot of confidence knowing that no matter what happens in life, no matter if I'm persecuted, no matter if I'm slandered, no matter if I'm killed for my faith, Or if good or bad circumstances come, God is sovereign. God is in control. And I can trust in that amazing grace. I hope that this would take root in your hearts. When you die, you depart to be with Christ. Remember in our series in Acts, Stephen, when he was killed, right? Stephen's body, he went into sleep due to persecution, but his soul was gone to be with Christ. And we know that his body would be made new when the rapture occurs and Christ returns and brings home his saints. Whether you are awake or dead, there is no time in life of a believer when we're out of the presence of Jesus Christ. Because of the soul shall never die. Why would Paul not just want to die and be with Christ? That's something I thought when I was reading this. I was like, I just want to be with Christ. This life is so hard. We go through suffering. I don't want to be here. Paul was selfless. And he had humility. And he put others' needs ahead of his own. That is what being a servant is all about. We are to learn from this example from Scripture of how we ought to live. Joy is a partner of spiritual growth. The more you grow in Christ, the more joy you're going to have. 
Paul wanted to stay and help this grow, this joy grow in other believers. That gave him purpose. Paul didn't want them to boast in himself, but to boast only in Christ due to Christ working in Paul for him to even be able to preach and to spread the gospel when he was in chains in prison. All that matters is that to live is Christ, to die is gain, and that we will be with Christ. Christ is to be preached. Christ is to be exalted. The church to be built up in the faith. And may Paul's example be our goal as we seek Christ till the end of the race. Nothing is done in vain. The more you grow in your pursuit of Christ, the more you should want to be with him. But also, if you're truly following Christ, then you should keep pursuing thy kingdom come. You should keep pursuing holiness and sanctification from the knowledge of God and spending time with God. So praise God, or we will never not be in his loving hand. That gives you joy. That gives you hope. Let's pray. Holy God, help us as a people to flee from apathy and to flee from sin by the help of the Holy Spirit. I pray that the gospel would penetrate hearts here this morning. That we would truly desire to live for you. That we are in the palm of your hand every day. Help change our desires to be solely on Christ. Help us to live for you. Help us to want more of you and less of ourselves. Help us to put on the new self daily, denying our flesh, denying our sin, denying ourself, but living for you. Spending time with you. Spending time being sanctified by the knowledge that is found in your word praying to you, proclaiming you to all people. Help us to desire you, to live for you, plant seed. And we thank you for the grace that we do not deserve, yet Christ earned it for us on the cross. We trust in that. And we trust that Jesus conquered death for us and displayed that he was fully God. He was fully the Messiah, our Savior, and our Lord. You are almighty. Help our lives to be sacrifices to you to bring thy kingdom come until the end of the race. Nothing is done in vain, but we have purpose when we live for you, and that when we die, it is nothing but gain that we finish the race and that we get to be with you for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.